Welcome to the HB Audit Training and Tips Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Hungerford. This podcast brought to you by Hungerford Vinton, LLC. Almost every recovery audit or internal audit that we do, sampling size is a question when we're doing the planning memo, or at least when we get the data and it's ready to be reviewed. You think it'd be simple as just flipping open one of your books and saying, oh, okay, this is what I need for a sample size. Not the case. You know, some people will default to 5 or 10%, uh, but when you're dealing with a large population, that becomes uh, very time-consuming. Or they'll take the standard statistical sample 30. You know, the sample size 30 that your statistics teacher told you that you could rely on for a valid hypothesis. So, hey, why couldn't you rely on your audit sample if you take 30, right? And, oh, don't auditees love sample sizes? They want to give you as few records as possible, or as little as they can give you, and yet you want to get as much information as you possibly can to make the right determination. At the same time, you don't want a lot of work or a lot of repetitive work in doing your sampling size. You just want to know and look at enough samples that you can rely on the outcome. For the purpose of this podcast, we're going to focus on sample sizes related to SOX testing and also sample sizes for cost recovery audits. Okay, so SOX testing or Sarbanes-Oxley testing. Again, this is where you're looking at the controls of your company to make sure that you can rely on them. SOX looks at the controls and the frequency of those controls. So, for example, if you've got something that is only done once a year, a control that is only done annually, sample size of one. That's an easy one. Okay, now let's say you've got a control that happens quarterly. You've got to minimally sample two of those quarters. Next would be monthly. So you've got 12 possibilities. You've got to sample three of those. And I would try to sample one from each quarter if possible. Obviously, one of the quarters is not going to get selected. But if you want to up it to four, that's reasonable also. And then one from each quarter. Next up is weekly. So you've got 52 possibilities. You should select a minimum of five of those weeks. Of course, if you're a little concerned about the control, or it's a control that's relied on very heavily, I would suggest to up that to as many as 10 samples, which now we're getting into that area called auditor's judgment. You know, that area where, as a professional, you should be able to rely on your past experiences to make good judgment. Well, to that I say, document exactly why you did it. So no matter what you do, if you change your size or if you increase your size or even why you selected the size, say why you did it. That's the most important thing and make sure it's down in writing or electronically, whatever you have. Next is daily. So something that happens every day, whether it's business day or every single day of the year, you've got over 250 possible selections. To this I say the minimal sample size is 12. At least one sample per month. And I would really increase that more to 20 to 30, depending on your comfort level of the control. And finally, something that happens multiple times every day or a recurring manual control, we refer back to our statistics class and that sample size of 30. Again, if there's a heavy reliance on that control or based on your auditor's judgment there needs to be more, I would audit as many as 50 or 60. And that does it for SOX or Sarbanes-Oxley testing. Now let's move on to cost recovery audits. The objectives here are to find the outliers or the problems but you still have to be able to understand how well you can rely on what you're looking at. So you do need something that also tests the data in general. Therefore, you have two types of sampling, discovery sampling and random sampling. 
Discovery sampling looks for the outliers, looks for the problems. So you're essentially dividing your population into two groups. The stuff that looks normal and the stuff that looks odd. The stuff that looks normal, you'll do a random sample on. So where I've got about 50 to 1,000 occurrences, I'll select a random sample of between 10 to 20 items. If I have between 1,000 and 10,000, I'll usually make sure I select at least 30. Now when I start to get over 100,000 occurrences, this is when I pull out the old stats book and try to run the numbers, looking for a 90 to 95% confidence level, that I'm only going to have a 5% deviation. You know, this is when you can get into some large numbers. Hey, it could be as big as 300 samples. Now as you have more confidence in the oddity, or as you have past experience, you can reduce that number significantly, and even get back to the original 30. Again, auditor's judgment, and used on past experience, and making sure there haven't been any changes in controls, personnel, systems, all that good stuff. Okay, now that we've got our random sampling out of the way, let's go look at our discovery sampling list, where we've pulled certain items aside because of their different attributes. We're going to take each listing, and we're going to pull a couple samples from each. Now, if it's a larger listing, we might pull a few more, and if it's a small listing, we may only be able to test one or two. So we're going to put that all together, and between our random sample plus our discovery sampling, that's the list we're going to hand over to our auditee. Now, ideally, this list is only about 30 to 50 samples long. But as I said, depending on the size of the population and your experiences with the auditee, this sample list could be as many as 300 or more. Oh yeah, and don't forget to warn the auditee that, you know, based on your testing, you may require some additional samples down the road. I'm sure they won't be happy, but it will be important to at least let them know that that's a possibility. So that's today's podcast on sampling size. In a future podcast, I'm going to be talking about how you actually select those samples. So in the meantime, happy auditing. I'm Tim Hungerford, and thank you for listening to the HV Audit Training and Tips Podcast, brought to you by Hungerford Benton, LLC, www.hvaudit.com. <laughs>